Jesus withdrew again to the mountain by himself. John chapter 6, verse 15. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. It might seem a little odd to bypass the amazing lesson of Ephesians chapter 4 and the story of the miraculous feeding of the 5,000 and the account of Jesus walking on water to focus in on one tiny little half verse about Jesus withdrawing by himself. Um, And it is odd. (laughs) But when I was asking the Lord what I should preach on this morning, this was the verse I believe he directed me to. Um, And it's part of this series that we've been, I've been preaching on for a few weeks now of things that characterize a mature Christian life. Like maybe not things that you might hear out of the gate when you first hear the gospel. What does it mean to believe? There's sort of a basic Christian response of faith and trust in God and in his son Jesus Christ and repentance for the forgiveness of sins and studying the scriptures and all these different kinds of things. But there are things which mark a mature Christian. Someone who, as we heard in Ephesians, has grown up, not fully, but is in the process of growing up into the full measure of Christ Jesus. I spoke a few weeks ago about costly generosity, then dependency on God in our daily life. Uh, Last week, about identifying with all Christians as our brothers and sisters. And this week, the mark of a mature Christian, which our Lord himself embodied, is spending regular alone time with God. It's very simple, um, but it's something that is worth taking note of. It's something remarkable, I think, in the ministry of Jesus. We see punctuating the ministry of Jesus in all four Gospels, sentences just like the one that I read from John chapter 6. Let me just give you a few examples. Matthew chapter 14. Jesus withdrew from there in a boat to a desolate place by himself. Mark chapter 1, verse 35. In the morning, having risen a long while before daylight, Jesus went and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. Luke 5.16 says actually that Jesus would often withdraw to desolate places and pray. Um, Those of you who have been in my home know that I have a painting on my wall of a picture of Jesus sitting by himself in a wilderness. And what strikes me about that painting as with these verses, is the profundity that here is no ordinary man, right? This is Jesus, the Son of God, who we know there is only one God. He is fully God. His union with God the Father couldn't be closer, right? He was infinitely close to God the Father, distinguishable as a person. But he himself was fully united with God. And yet Jesus thought it was useful and necessitous to carve time away to go spend time with his Father. It wasn't like... Jesus had the limitations we have of sort of sin-scarred souls and poor spiritual vision and distractedness by like the occupation of the day. Jesus had none of those things. He was fully aware of what God was doing at all times, right? In his ministry, he says, I only do what I see my Father is doing, which means his vision never departed from looking at the Father whom he loved in heaven, even while he was ministering on earth. And even with that, he still thought it was really important to go spend time alone with his father. So I think if it's true for Jesus, if he thought it necessary to spend time alone with God, 
How much more so for us, who are distracted by the tasks of the day, who are not constantly beholding the vision of God, uh, who, are, who do have sin-broken souls, in the process of being healed, but still with some scars, right, that the Holy Spirit is healing. If it's true for Jesus, it should be true for us, because the thing that Jesus found when he got alone with God is the same thing that we can expect to find by doing the same practice, the thing that we should be seeking, which is simply fellowship with God. It goes by so many names, by different teachers and different traditions, but you could call it friendship with God, which I love. It's a familiar phrase from some teachers, but there's so much audacity in that sentence. Friendship with God. Intimacy with God. When we have alone time with him, There are many spiritual benefits, uh, an eternal perspective, strengthening of soul, divine wisdom, but those all derive from the simple fact of just spending time with God. It's something that has struck me many times in my own Christian life and in ministry. Um, Most Christians in this country, if you ask them what the gospel is, would actually, with their lips, get it right that we've been reconciled to God by his grace through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, his death on the cross, and that therefore we've been reconciled to God across the gulf of sin. Most Christians could give you some version of that, which is right, absolutely, that's the gospel. But the end game of that, the end goal, the thing that's being described is a reconciled relationship with God. But how many Christians actually live into a reconciled relationship, where it's actually something in daily reality, not just something we can describe and pass on as words to other people. Um, The sad fact is, it's not everybody. There are many people who could describe the gospel, but don't live into the supposed benefits of the gospel. And I think one of the most simple things to remember as part of the living into a mature Christian life, if we want for that to not be the case, is to spend time alone with God so that we can actually come to find out for ourselves what it means, what it looks like to live in a fellowship with God, reconciled through the blood of Jesus, to have actual, authentic, spiritual experience. So much of what, when we say, if I say the phrase spiritual experience, so much of what flies under that flag I think is actually not truly encountering the living God. Right? All other, many other religions, different new age things, whatever it may be, um, may talk about a spiritual experience. But if it's just emotions and sort of feelings, if it's not the Holy Spirit of God taking you into the throne room of the Father, it's not an authentic spiritual experience. The Bible tells us what authentic spiritual experience is. We should long for it, and it's fellowship with God the Father. Spending regular alone time uh, with him uh, is crucial to really experiencing that um, for ourselves. I think sort of what sits below this authentic experience of a relationship with God, that's a word we use, but do we know living into its reality? So much, and I admit in sort of seasons of weak faith and spiritual laziness, I fall into this as well, reducing relationship with God to simply a relationship of he's someone who helps me and I pray when I'm in need. Help me, help me, help me. But those of you who are married, think about marriage. Is it at its best when it's simply help me with this, help me with this, help me with this? Or is it at its best when there's leisure time together 
and time to just get to know each other and for the soul to kind of share itself. Of course the latter. And it's the same thing with God. The, um, the mature Christian life is impossible to live into without this carved out alone time. Every great saint in history um, reveals that their fruit of the Spirit in their lives was sourced from that precious alone time. So I just want to commit it to you. Many of you I know are already practicing some regular alone time with God. Some of you may have in the past and for whatever reason are not presently. I encourage you to try it again. And if you've never tried it, um, I encourage you to start this Christian practice in your life. And so to that end, um, I want to offer just a couple practical suggestions, for, especially for those of you who may never have sunk your teeth into this practice. Um, mornings are best and I'm not a morning person I'm definitely not a morning person so I tell you that from one if you're a night owl let me commend it to you as well mornings still are best because it's before all the sort of the calls of the day invade before sort of the mind is busy with a dozen things to just carve out that first time with God and um, I would encourage you to start with 20 minutes to not shoot for the stars of some you know tremendously long time uh, but nor to just give a couple uh, shoot for 20 minutes. I think m- most of you in your station of life, if you're not already, could spare 20 minutes to begin with. Go to some place totally alone in your house. Ob- it should go without saying, but no phone. Uh, the phone would be the death knell of quiet time uh, with God. Um, and something I love reading, and so I, for a long time I used to bring devotional books with me, but that also I think can just be distraction. I encourage you, if you're going to bring a book, only bring a Bible. And it's actually not necessary. To, to crack it open every time. I'll come to that in just a second. So if you carve out 20 minutes to be alone with God regularly, you know, as many days of the week as you can build it in, um, the first thing to do is this practice of placing yourself in God's presence. Right? Because I think our natural sort of orientation of mind is to be just only focused on what's here in front of us. And it actually takes a conscious effort to sort of open your eyes a bit and the eyes of your heart wider just to recognize God we are in your presence you are in heaven high above all the earth so that you can fill all things as it says in Ephesians but through your Holy Spirit you're also present with us in this room a fact that's always true but we forget right so to consciously call it to mind and also for those of us who are in Christ Jesus the Holy Spirit is not just around right but it actually lives within us as well. So God, a teacher I really like, says that it's useful to think of ourselves as tiny little sponges floating through the ocean of God, that he's all around us and filling us from within. And when we consciously place ourselves in God's presence, that's, that's really step one, of recognizing who it is that we are in relationship with. And the rest is pretty simple. From there... He, Jesus Christ, has made himself of his own mercy, our brother. We can share our hearts with him as we would a friend. And it will take time, actually, as with human friends. There are, I spent long years sitting alone for, in quiet with God, kind of having no idea like what to say, almost like an awkward first date. Um, it takes time to sort of learn, oh, look, what, what can I share of myself with you? So don't be discouraged if you, sit, if you get alone and you sit down and you're like, okay, now what do I do? Like any relationship, it takes time and a bit of work to develop. 
but over time to share with God what's really on your heart. And one of the catches here is it doesn't have to be spiritual. What's on your mind? God is our friend. You can share it with him. And he may direct you through sort of inner prompting, the voice of his Holy Spirit, or if you're already in need of direction, well, that's what the Bible is for, to crack open and read a small portion slowly. Say, Lord, speak to me through your word. And it may be on what you have a question about, maybe something different, but to invite that real relationship. Alternatively, you can also just do nothing in God's presence. Um, to just sit with him and sort of enjoy what is enjoyed in the sweetest of friendships and the great moments of marriage, of just being together in each other's presence, consciously. Um, The very presence of God brings with it his mercy and his blessing and ultimately continued sanctification of our hearts. So um, I encourage you to try it. If you're doing it already, keep trying it. Try it more, more regularly. Because in this way we are imitating our master, Jesus, who also thought it was so blessed to carve out time in a solitary place to be alone with God the Father. And I would, just as a heads up, expect it right now to be occasionally difficult, maybe often boring. Or it's certainly inefficient. Um, if you experience these things, as I have, as anyone who has tried this has, These aren't signs of, oh, it's not working. It's not magic. There's nothing to work. It's just simply that I am a divided heart and a distracted being and my boredom isn't because God wouldn't be all stimulating, but it's because I'm not even able to kind of bring myself before him fully that morning for whatever reason. Um, So much of our spiritual uh, seeking is a a winding road, not a sort of instant experience. Uh, So expect it to be a, a bit of a labor, but also expect it at other times to be profoundly rewarding and transformative. To be able to speak like all the prophets and saints of old to say, yeah, I actually spent time with God this morning. <laughs> and kind of blow your non-Christian friend's minds uh, with a statement like that. It won't always be that way, but unless you carve out regular time, regularly, you know, that several days in the week as you can, um, there won't even be space for that to happen. But if you do carve out the time, Um, you'll find it becomes the most precious time of the day. The the moment you're actually longing for hours of the clock to tick around towards, to have time alone with your Heavenly Father. Because once you have experienced spiritually His love, not just heard the words He loves you, but really know that He loves you, it's a great joy to be in the presence of someone who loves you a lot. Um, And that is only experienced through the sort of seeking, right? Seeking you will find. Come to him with thirst, and he will satisfy the thirst. Um, so I want to end with just um, giving credit where credit is due, which is, of course, to our Lord Jesus, who is also present with us as God, and who sort of opened it up this real possibility that we can actually experience God when we get alone with him, as well corporately, right? When we gather as church and in other times, but especially when we're alone. That didn't exist before Jesus was raised from the dead, before he died and the curtain in the temple was torn open. It wasn't possible. But thanks to his love, he's given us the ability now to have the very experience that he has and has always had for eternity, that delight in the presence of the Father. Amen.